All right. Well, hello and welcome to our second episode of the Scale Fusion part, uh, Podcast, Insights from the Ecosystem. My name is Stephen Goal. I'm Director of Strategic Partnerships for Scale Fusion. And with me today, I've got Paul Tro- Troisi. I knew I was going to butcher this, Paul. I'm sorry. Paul okay. Troisi from uh, Troy Mobility. Uh, Paul's founder and a chief customer officer at Troy Mobility. It's great to have you on, Paul. Thank you for joining and uh, looking forward to our conversation today. Yeah, thanks for the invitation, Steve. Really appreciate the opportunity today. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to start this off, Paul, with a curveball. So we even, I even, we talked about some of the questions coming in, but uh, this one's a little bit more uh, personal, I guess. So I know you guys are in Boston. We talked earlier today about, you know, I want to make a trip to Boston uh, eventually to visit you guys. Uh, my question for you or for the audience, you know, that you can share with the audience is if somebody's coming to Boston for the first time and they're visiting, they're a tourist like I'm going to be, I've never been there before. Can you give us one or two top things that you like must do things if you're visiting Boston? That's a loaded question because there's a lot of history here in Boston, Stephen. So, so the first thing I would always say is get into downtown Boston. And if you're a history buff, go jump on the Freedom Trail. Okay. That will take okay. you two hour, two, three mile walk through some of the history through the North End, Old North Church, get some fantastic cannoli and some outstanding pasta right there in the North End. Um, migrate over to Faneuil Hall, head on up to the Capitol. Um, it's it's all within walking distance. The second thing is definitely make it a point to get over to Fenway Park. It's one of the oldest oh, parks yeah. of Major League Baseball. We're baseball city. You got to go see the Green Monster, even if it's from the backside, um, and go have a have a pint in the Caskin Flagon. Awesome. Yeah, I I would love that. I love checking out new ballparks. So uh, I hope I can get out there this summer uh, to visit you guys and to to check out Boston. So, um, Paul, I, again, I appreciate you being on. Um, tell us a little bit more about Troy Mobility. I know a lot, some of our audience probably isn't as familiar with you guys. Can you give us your story? Tell us about what you guys do, how long you've been around, and uh, kind of what what's the DNA of Troy Mobility? Sure, sure. Love talking about the business, Steve. So we are, um, Troy Mobility is a 13-year-old mobile security solution provider, as well as a managed mobility service provider. When we started the business, when I started the business back uh, in 2010, when nobody really had a right to be starting a business, uh, smack dab in the middle of a recession, you know, the the, the goals of the business that, that have resonated through the years is to be an outstanding uh, trusted advisor to the SMB in the mid-market. That's kind of where we really centered, you know, the business. It was centered around mobile security. It was centered around, you know, customers have the need, the same needs as large enterprise and public sector organizations, except the challenge is, is there's either a lack of expertise in particular around mobile security, or they didn't really have a vendor that they could turn to or a partner they could turn to um, that was knowledgeable in the space. So as the business has grown, um, the business has really taken a lot of different turns, um, but it's always remained at its core roots of 
providing options for our customers around mobile security, understanding the challenges that you have, and then being a trusted advisor to the SMB in the mid-market. Really sort of moral fiber codes for us that we grew up around, that the business was built around, and that today, 13 years later, we still strongly adhere to. Gotcha. That that really resonates. So there's a lot of things have changed in 13 years, I'm sure, on the different trends that you see in the marketplace and on, on how you manage endpoints and devices. But uh, it sounds like you guys still do business, fundamental business the same way, regardless of kind of the tactics of or the, the management trends and things going on, uh, you know, that are, um, you know, uh, kind of trending now, like BYOD versus corporate owned and back and forth. And that whole pendulum seems to swing both, you know, e either direction, but uh, you guys are yeah. operating as that trusted advisor, um, regardless of, uh, of, of where the uh, current trend is, right? Yeah. And, and you're right, you know, over 13 years, things have really changed a lot. Uh, the landscape has changed. A lot of vendors have come and gone in the space, um, you know, and really when we start talking about the different trends that we see in the industry, because that's really where we add a lot of um, a lot of value to our customers is just simply trying to understand the trends. You know, I've I've kind of look at things as as sort of pillars of five. OK, um, so certainly when we start thinking about, you know, the first pillar and this is a recent pillar. You know, uh, really, with the advent of COVID, we knew people were working remotely. We knew people were working on the road. But with the, uh, you know, with the evolution of, of the COVID pandemic, we saw more and more people moving out, getting out of the offices, working from home. And, you know, clearly we see that one major trend today is the everywhere workplace is not going away. Yeah. You know, folks are not returning to the office organizations really need to take a good hard stance as to how we're hardening down our devices, regardless if they're laptops or, or desktops, or in particular, mobile devices, tablets, etc. So we know that 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 trend is not going to slow down anytime soon. Um, the interesting trend that's really started to come about this in the past couple of years, too, is the whole cyber insurance trend. You know, many organizations are looking to their insurance companies to find, you know, how, how can we mitigate our risk as it relates to buying cyber insurance policies? So they need to be compliant to some level of framework, whether it's CIS or NIST, et cetera. But what a lot of folks overlook is the importance of the mobile device as an additional endpoint that still needs to be secured just the same as every other. Sure. So, you know, being able to align and, and provide that level of security services on the mobile devices really becomes important in helping our customers achieve that level of success for them to go ahead and get a cyber insurance policy. Yeah. A really third trend point. that we really seem to be a big one is, you know, understanding the implications of the layers of mobile security. Okay. So, you know, some some folks will say, hey, look, as long as my, my, my laptop is encrypted and as long as I have antivirus, anti-malware on there, I'm all set. Well, that doesn't apply to mobile. You know, the mobile security framework is a lot different. And when we really start talking about, you know, implementing a comprehensive mobile security strategy, you know, really at the heart of it starts with the solid MDM, a platform like Scale Fusion. Sure. Have to be able to manage a device. You have to be able to manage multi-OS environments. 
um, and then be able to layer on that technology, things like mobile threat defense, making it easy for your customers to access their cloud services. If you've gone through a digital you know, transformation with single sign-on, multi-factor authentication, and then really be able to start moving your organization to what we like to call that zero trust framework. You know, it's a big buzzword, but it really does resonate. You know, never yeah. trust, always verify on the device. So being able to, you know, take the baby steps, no such thing as a good big bang theory. It, it, it hurts, it's painful. Um, you don't see as much user acceptance when you start rolling out big projects all at once. So that's been the, la the you know, the, the a prevalent trend that we've seen in the industry. The last one we do also see, Steve, and to be honest with you, it's really why we started our managed mobility service provider practice is that many SMBs in mid-markets are really looking to, um, to their MSPs or MMSPs to help them co-manage or in some situations fully manage their mobile environment and their mobile enterprise. It's a daunting mm -hmm. task. We talked about it on the, on the front side of this. This industry is changing. It's changed many, many times in the last 10 years. So trying to be able to you know, partner with an organization that understands those trends and is keeping track of all of those changes that are happening in the industry, you know, just makes it so much more of a trusted advisory to our customers. Yeah. And I'm sure, yeah. no, I'm sure you guys get to um, see and experience firsthand, you know, and be able to relate best practices to a customer, not just 100% agree. You need a uh, MDM or EMM solution, UEM, all, all three terminologies work here as a building block on, on your mobile security stage. But um, you guys have the experience then across different industries and verticals to share with a client. Here's the best practice to implement this. Here's some things you should be looking at um, beyond just the tool does this. This is what you can do. This is what you should do. Right. Is that uh, a fair, fair statement? You got a lot of that um, expertise to be able to really point out maybe some gaps that they didn't even see that they should be locking down those devices in, in different ways. Yeah. And, and, you know, truth be told, there's no two customers that we find are exactly alike, Steve. And mm -hmm. that's sort of where a lot of the advisory and strategic consulting really comes in is, is it's truly important to understand, you know, where are you at today? Where do you want to be tomorrow? And where do you really want to be in the future? You know, what are you striving to? Because the decisions we're going to make today will have an impact on your decisions two, three, four down, down the line. And nobody really wants to go through that process of having to stand up a platform today only to have to migrate to another platform tomorrow. So really, yeah. when we engage with our customer base, it's really about understanding what their needs are, where they want to be, what their strategy wants to look like, and then sort of mapping a strategy into their business, regardless of whether or not it's, you know, in the legal field, the healthcare field, the construction industry, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. I think the real key pieces that we often see are what's your level of compliance you need to adhere to? You know, are you, you know, being bound by certain, you know, certain HIPAA compliances or FINRA, et cetera, where maybe that level of security and strategy needs to be a little bit higher than other industries. Sure. So truly understanding the regulatory compliance piece really becomes an important factor to be able to map the compliance to the technology and how do we put the two of them together 
to be able to make sure that we're securing your organization, your mobile enterprise, and your endpoints so that you fit that compliancy. Nobody wants to be the 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 front page of the next headline. So, you know, the headline on the front page. So yeah, it's we want to try a, and make sure that we put it back. Yeah, it's such I mean, that's a great point. Uh, nobody wants that that bad PR of having uh, having that put out there of you know a cyber breach or um, you know the fines that come along with it for certain industries you know that kind of thing. Um, what one of the things that's uh, you know really interesting, obviously, as as you mentioned, COVID pushed everybody to um, these you know smartphones, tablets, working from home on laptops, and it's it's literally just any device. Uh, all of these endpoints that that were kind of really low priority, I would say, for a lot of companies. They're just like, ah, whatever, you know. Uh, now those are those are how we do our work. These work from home uh, instances or work from everywhere, and I think that's changed yeah. the whole landscape on how companies have to uh, think about it, have to address this because it's not just you're not just sitting at a workstation anymore with a with a PC. I mean, you're we're all working from sure. everywhere all the time. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, um, and, and and you know, and today it is even more relevant, especially when organizations are not only decreasing, you know, real estate footprint and trying to isolate costs. You see a lot of them saying, "Here, we're going to move away from the ownership of these devices and corporate-owned yeah. devices," and saying, "Here, we're going to give our employees the capabilities to, you know, manage their own plans, their own devices." But you know, there are things that are outside of the purview, like. You know, are you connecting on your home Wi-Fi without a secure access? You know, are, do you have a Wi-Fi passcode on your on your home router? You know, that then opens up, you know, potential risk to those organizations because you don't have that solid footprint and solid handle on how you're securing that device. So that really lends into the importance of having an MDM and being able to push managed applications and managed configurations. So at least you can gain the comfort of knowing that if that user is using their own personal device, we can at least get our data back in the event that there's something that happens, you know, yeah. there's some anomaly that happens either on the device or, or, or the network, you know, um, being able to at least protect your interest and, and, you know, contain your data and, you know, mitigate that risk, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think there's definitely a, a level of severity or priority to company owned data. Certain data is going to be much more sensitive that you're going to have to take more effort to protect than than others. Let's just mm -hmm. be honest. But, you know, having you uh, making sure that it, that really customer sensitive information, that company sensitive information is protected, containerized, locked down is is a minimum that they have to be looking at especially if when you're going with byod devices but um shifting gears a little bit on the i'm just curious on your insights um we've seen a lot of a lot of customer companies go back to like well i want more control so i want to deploy corporate owned devices um so I, i've personally seen more of a shift away from byod and more back towards corporate owned devices for these reasons. You you can have more control over them. You can mm -hmm. lock them down in, in you know, more restrictive ways. Um, and I say restrictive, it is kind of restrictive to the end user sometimes, but it's it's for the purpose of protecting, protecting the company and the data and everything on it. Um, in the hardware space, have you seen any trends maybe 
um, specifically towards operating systems or uh, maybe in the past it used to be a company would pick one specific operating system and everybody be an Apple shop or everybody be Android or Windows or is it uh, is everything kind of just gone hey since COVID it's it's everything we have to everybody has mixed environments or have you seen seen any trends uh, with the customers you guys work with uh, on the hardware side? Yeah, that's that's an interesting question, Steve. Um, you know, clearly we still see, you know, many regulated organizations that want to go to corporate owned devices kind of still migrating and, and gravitating toward Apple devices. Okay? okay. Clearly because the capability to supervise those devices, enhance a, a higher level of security capability functionality on those devices from a lockdown perspective um, does give, you know, companies a little bit more comfort in knowing that they can in you know provide that enhanced level of security on the devices um we see we're seeing a large uptick in organizations with corporate owned single use devices for things like digital signage kiosks mm -hmm. so on and so forth um looking more toward the android operating system because they have more choice around the hardware it's not just one form flavor for, you know, the piece of hardware. It's, yep. you know, you have multiple options, whether it be, you know, Samsung or, or LG, HTC, you know, you can go right down that list of, of different you know, hardware vendors. The interesting that we, thing that we have started to see is, unlike things that I have seen in the past 13 years, we are now starting to see organizations say, can I manage my Linux devices? You know, when yeah. Linux was always reserved for that the high-end developers and, you know, the, 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 the folks behind the scenes that are making, you know, applications and, and really strong capabilities. I've, I haven't seen this much Linux activity, um, you know, in the market in the last 13 years. And it's really just in the, been in the past year or two that we've started to see more requests around Linux capabilities, not hardware related. It's OS related, but yeah, you know, it's, it's exactly. still something that we from a trend. Yeah, we, and we've seen that too. Um, obviously, we we just recently started support for Linux-based devices uh, because of that trend. We 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 were getting more requests as well, and so that's another operating system that ScaleFusion added on support for. Um, it, it's uh, you know, it's interesting. You kind of follow. We follow the trends of what does the customer want, what what are the end users asking for, and we try to build to to fit that. So it's always a moving target a little bit, um, but it's always good to know what you're seeing in the industry is from, from a hardware perspective to hardware OS, um, just to try to see yeah. where we're going next. So, yeah. yeah. You have to keep covering with the trends. You have to keep covering with the customer's needs, you know? Um, yeah. You know, again, we've seen some consolidation in the industry, but we've seen some some really great vendors emerging you know, in the past few years that are really following those customer trends and saying, what, what are the needs in the industry? And let's go tackle those needs. Absolutely. Um, well, one question for you, I have, uh, obviously you guys have been a, a great, you know, scale fusion partner, uh, you know, for a while now, and you've been around for 13 years. You've, you've worked with a, a ton of other UEMs and MDM companies. Um, can you shed some light on, on what prompted you to look at scale fusion or, or, you know, what do you, uh, 
what have you seen maybe that we offered that others didn't? Uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but but obviously you, you don't add something if if there wasn't a reason to. Like if you know we're kind of new to the mix, I know, uh, or more recent addition to sure. to your portfolio. So if you could kind of shed some light on on that. Sure. Yeah, there's a couple of things that went into our decision to join, um, you know, to have Skill Fusion be part of our portfolio. Um, I think after some evaluation of the platform, I think first and foremost was ease of use. Okay. Yeah. You know, the platform is very easy to use. It's a simplistic interface, um, easy for even the average person that, you know, is familiar with the cloud console, even if it's not necessarily an MDM console, um, to be able to navigate. You know, we took some pretty high-end engineers that have been, been in the industry for, for many years, and they said, yeah, this is good technology. Um, I think the second thing that we really looked at was support. You know, when we were looking at that organization and looking at Scale Fusion to say, here, do we want to onboard with these folks? You know, the support that, that we received from you and your support team, your pre-sales team, your engineering team behind the scenes was outstanding. Very responsive, very knowledgeable. No questions were answered, you know, first time. You know, no questions asked. The third of which is, it's, it's strangely enough, is, is some of the functionality that you folks have brought to bear uh, in the platform has been great. You know, the geofencing piece and capabilities around, you know, uh, location services and tracking it's a request that we hear on a very constant basis from our customers in which they want to increase that level. They don't want to be watchdogs. They don't want to be staring over their employees. But, you know, there is a thing called productivity that every organization needs to be aware of. So being able to keep their people productive becomes a really paramount capability. Um, and then I think the last one was, as we were just talking about, the multi-OS. You know, there's really only five OSs out there that we need to be concerned with ios android mac os windows and now linux and being able to have one solution available that can take care of all of those through a single pane of glass simplifies life for the end user and for the customer um and then lastly you know the capabilities to be able to bring in scale fusion as a managed mobility services partner um and be able to provide a, a rock solid solution in which we can also now provide co-managed or fully managed solutions wrapped around the platform just it becomes a win-win-win all the way across the board win for us win for you win for the customer awesome totally perfect. agree perfect. i appreciate it man and that, our marketing team can just uh, take a little snippet of that and uh you know put put you all over the place do all over the internet saying uh, how great scale fusion is so i love it <laughs> Uh, hey, joking aside, though, yeah, right. Uh, I mean, all joking aside, though, we really appreciate you as a partner, and uh, it's been privileged to to work with you guys. Your team's phenomenal, super super knowledgeable. I can't say enough about about your team and 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 you yourself and the culture that you guys have built. So we're we're really happy to work with you because we align in values in a lot of ways. So I, I I've enjoyed this conversation today too. Um, as we wrap up, is there any final words you would say for the audience? Any, anything else you want to share? Just a couple things. If you're interested in learning more about Troy Mobility, by all means, TroyMobility.com. Um, right on our website, there's a QR code. If you're ever interested in learning more about some of the mobile security tips that we're putting out there, uh, we've recently introduced a, a marketing campaign to provide mobile security drip tips. 
So if you're interested in learning more and just the, the little snippets about you know things that you can do to secure your mo mobile enterprise, by all means, we'd welcome you to visit the website. There's a contact us uh, form on there. Um, we'd be more than happy to have a conversation with you. Um, at the least, come on in and just learn a little bit more about mobile security, Steve. That's awesome. Well, thanks, Paul. I appreciate you being on. Uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in today. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Steve. Great talking with you.